0: Hello, everybody, and indeed, welcome to another edition of the Chicago Tony V Show. Good morning, specifically, welcome to episode, I don't know, 217, I'm pretty sure, for Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Today is December 17th, 2021. Merry Christmas. How many days, speaking of Christmas, how many days till Christmas? Let's see. 17th. Eight days. On the eighth day of Christmas, my... Blah 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 blah. Anyway, if you're not ready for the holidays by now, then I guess uh, I guess there's no hope for you. Well, that's not true. We have more than a week, <clears throat> eight days. But uh, it's definitely we can see the clubhouse. We're in the we're well into the back nine in terms of preparing for Christmas. And uh, you know, at least you better have your plans together. Better to have your plans together. Happy Friday, everybody! Is it just me or does it seem like uh, this week really dragged on? Even though I missed a day of the show, maybe that maybe that's why I feel off. Well, I had the uh, horrible uh, intestinal ailment as well. That was difficult to uh, deal with. Lots of uh, VIP pepperonis filing in, finding their places. You know, I did absolutely <clears throat> excuse me no promotion. On the socials of the show this morning, because uh, I guess I was feeling a little lazy, you know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Feeling kind of lazy. You know what I noticed? So I'm. So you Spotify listeners, I'm sipping uh, coffee from my gigantic Yeti mug. I have the black one. I was talking the other day about. I have this. Um, I had an old mug that was kind of the same style, but the Yeti is. So much heavier than the other mug you can really tell the difference and I happen to have that other mug right here I'm gonna sorry spotify. I'm gonna hold them. I don't know if you can tell how much bigger the Yeti is It's kind of tough This is very dangerous doing this one is filled with coffee Let's go at him this way So this one is the Yeti you can see the Yeti logo This one is the knockoff. This is like a feather in my hand. I'm trying to justify whatever it is. However big the shakedown was for this mug. I don't know. What do you pay for a Yeti mug these days? I'll bet it's 30, 35 bucks easy. What do they think of next? Mammy noticed my clothing. Mammy says uh, Tony's shirt is giving off Lumberjack vibes. I think that's... That's well deserved. And you're right, this is a this is a, a nice heavy flannel. Uh I tell you where I I can even tell you where I got this shirt. Um I got this shirt from the Duluth Trading Company. Duluth Trading Company. This is a this is a store that I've started to um almost get addicted to. <laughs> I've bought so much stuff from Duluth uh these days. I find it uh, I'll tell you one of the things they do that's so smart. I don't know why other stores don't do this. But it seems to me what Duluth Trading Company does is they make sure that all of their clothing follow the same size, you know, constraints. So in other words, I guess what I mean by that is the if I, this is an XL You know, because I'm a fat person. I'm very short, but I'm fat. This is an XL. Every, everything in that store. Once I know an XL fits me in a a particular shirt, I can go to everything and I know it'll fit. Any of the shirts, any of the jackets, any of the sweaters. Isn't that interesting? Why, why don't, uh, why doesn't the rest of the world work this way? Kamiski kid is in the house. Hello Kamiski. Good to see you. Kamiski says he's on the road, but listening. That's really exciting. Plumbers in the house. That's really good. So the pants at this uh at this uh, uh trading company. Now I've even forgot the hell, what the hell the name is. It'll come back to me. The pants work the same way. You find one pair of pants that fits you can buy anything in the store, any style, whatever, and it's going to conform to whatever size fits you. You know? So this is why, and I think this is how the male mind works, by the way. Right? We, I don't know if you if you fellas are the same. You know, the plumbers, the Comiskey kids, the Chicago tanks. If you guys, I, I want to just go in and out. Right? Get your mind out of the gutter. That's not what I'm talking about. I want to go in the store. I want to get my stuff. I want to leave the store. This is why we love Amazon so much, right? One of the reasons. Tank says he uses Amazon. You know. We want the shopping to be easy. So I've... uh, I've bought 9,000 things at this Duluth Trading Company. It's fabulous. Uh, Plumber, let's take just a moment. Plumber says, uh, he says, I'm on the road. Let's see, he says, I'm on the road to a nightmare job. Pray for me today, please. All right. Thoughts and prayers. Have you noticed how on the internet, thoughts and prayers from everybody is now meaningless? Anytime something bad happens... Is everyone using the fill-in phrase? Can we not even type our own creative thing? Uh, gee, my, uh, dog was just hit by a bus. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. It's a thing. Anyway, so, let's find something creative in the way of, uh, encouraging plumber on his crazy job. On his nightmare job. How much gas are you burning? plumber? T- was it a thousand... You're spending a thousand bucks a week, did you say, in gas? This is unbelievable. Comiskey kid says, happy Friday. Right back at you, kid. Right back at you. Oh, good. Lady Letter Carrier confirms that our stream is doing much better today. That's... That's really great. We had some technical difficulties yesterday. And, uh, you guys... I, I, I sort of doubly hate that because... The, um, VIP Chicago Tony V Enterprises sound engineer, Lucenzo. Um, he, uh, he was so psyched to be on the show, and he listened to it afterwards. I, I talked to him later in the day. I called him, just say, hey, thanks for being on the show. Was it fun and all that stuff? He's like, I listened to it. Producing it sounded horrible. <laughs> the most natural sounding So software. I feel bad. So I think Lucenzo is working his way to uh to maybe have a standing uh, some sort of standing call in. I think he wants another shot. I think he uh I think he thinks he was really uh quite witty and uh, marvelous. I wonder too, we did we did the applause for Lucenzo yesterday? Oh no, that's not applause. There's applause. And uh I'm not so sure that he understands that was a sound effect. I think he might think the pepperonis loved him immediately so much. So, anyway, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Georgie girl lives, on, lives by Amazon. You know, and am- let's face it, Amazon's great. I am really, I'm surrounded by things that I purchased on Amazon. It's kind of too bad. By the way, the uh, we are making... Some really some robust changes to Studio B. And uh, I must admit, I am so out of sorts. Now, we're making some improvements. It's going to be really exciting. But I think in the meantime, my decrepit brain is really having a hard time. You know, making sense of all this. You do this day after day after day. And you get to used to things being a certain way. And now they're just kind of, you know, topsy-turvy and all that stuff. Oh, Tank has an interesting comment. He says, uh, I don't think people should tell people they're praying for them. Always self-gratifying if I say I'm praying for you. Just pray. Don't tell me. You know, I think there's a lot to that, Tank. I think some people are just posers on the Internet, right? Let's see, let's see what Mammy says. Mammy says, yeah, thoughts and prayers almost as has a sarcastic connotation to it when you say it online. This is absolutely true. And this is why, honest to God, when I'm when I'm on the socials, and when someone says, you know, puts the bad news, my husband Hal just had his fourth heart attack. He's on his last legs. If I'm going to say something, I make sure it's completely out of the norm because there's, I want the person to know I took a little time to actually type something like that's really coming from me. You know, I like to get specific. Oh, gee, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your husband, Hal. You know, he's uh, I've had so much fun with him on the golf course. You know, he's I hope he survives so he can work on that uh, horrendous slice of his, you know, whatever. And then all the other comments, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Is it even real people doing this shit or is it just bots? Amy agrees. Less talk, more action. I really like that thought tank. Just, just pray. Don't tell people you're praying. Just pray. RoboCat says that's a Facebook thing. I'm uh, probably right. You know, it it, it it they pre-fill in. Who thought that would be a good idea? And don't you wonder the thought process in the meetings over there, at Facebook? You know, we know people are just uh, horribly lazy, right? So they're probably not going to use our thing unless unless we tee it up for them. And uh, I think they're totally fine with the the completely shallow interactions that are happening on their uh, on their system there on their platform. Does anyone? This makes me think. Does anyone do any of the alternative platforms? Have you noticed? I don't know if you guys are aware. There's a little bit of censorship happening on some of these platforms. And they're, they're, people are jumping ship to these alternative things. I can't, the problem is I can't think of, like there's an alternative to Facebook that I hear is awesome. I don't know what, I couldn't tell you what it is. There's an alter, or t- alternative, why can't I say the word alternative? To uh, Twitter, can't tell you what that is, you know? But, uh, oh, Robo is off Facebook, she says. I respect that. You know what I do with Facebook? I, I, For some reason, I can't get off of it. I really want to. Trust me, I want to. But I haven't posted anything there in years. Years. Every once in a while, I get, I get on Facebook to, you know, has any of my family posted anything? Is there anything I need to know about? Just every once in a while. And I always hate myself after I do it, you know? Oh, Oh, Robo says she has not deleted. She has not deleted her uh, Facebook. (laughs) I'm on level 6,000 on Cookie Jam and it's connected. I'm afraid to lose my progress. (laughs) That's a good one, Robo Kitty. That's a good one. Anyway. Hey, I wanted to tell you guys, I don't know why I was. this was on my mind, but before it slips my mind forever, I just wanted to tell you guys a little story. I don't know why. Uh, you know, I uh, think of it as a little bit of a departure. I can think in the past, I used to tell you, I, it seems like I was more of a storyteller, and I got sometimes a little bit of feedback where people were like, hey, I really like when you tell stories, you know? So... I wanted to. T- I just got to thinking, and again, I don't know why. I'll, I'm going to tell you about a uh, magnificent summer camp that uh, my family discovered. Not not like we were the creators, but we we discovered that it existed. This place is tremendous. Anyone with a family that's kind of in the Midwest-ish that just wants a tremendous experience, there's this place on. It's on Elkhart Lake in Wisconsin. It's called Camp Rocious. How do you spell that? I have no idea. This is connected to Indiana University. Now, both my parents graduated from Indiana University. And uh, at any rate, we discovered Camp Rocious. By the way, let's get Tank's music homework out of the way. It is Tom Petty. You wrecked me. Thank you, Tank. Very nicely done. Camp Rochus was discovered by my family. This is an idyllic um, summer camp up on Elkhart Lake in Wisconsin. They have a, a bunch of rustic cabins, let's call them, which are basically, just instead of a tent, they're made with logs. So no running water, no nothing. I think the first year we stayed in those, and I think my parents were like, ah, we need a little bit of an upgrade. Now they have a few cottages on the property these things are beautiful the camp itself sits up on a hill overlooking it looks down on elkhart lake it is a beautiful view so if you're fancy fancy right like uh my parents were you get you finally you get one of the coll- cottages and out the back of the cottage with beautiful screening porch and everything you get to overlook you look down this hill onto beautiful Elkhart Lake. It was just simply idyllic. One of the awesome things about this camp was that it was it was kind of enclosed. So as kids, we could just run freely like the parents the parents didn't care what the kids did. We would it's one of these deals where we leave in the morning and we go do something and then we catch up later with the parents. And I'm, t- I'm talking, this was at a time where, like, my little brother, the first time we went, he was still definitely a dinky-doo, right? You know, so it's not like we were teenagers or something like that. Anyway, it was idyllic. And, a- again, because the camp was up on a hill and the lake was down below, the, the and this is going to be pertinent to my story, there was, uh, there were various ways to actually get down to the lake. Now part of the the camp also had, you know, some structures and things down right on the lake, right lakeside. So like up top was kind of like living quarters and a couple other buildings where you could do all sorts of fun stuff. And then down lakeside were several other buildings and, you know, boats, sailboats, all this stuff. This is the place where my dad uh, got his love of sailing. Oh, lady letter carrier has posted a link, Camp Brocious. Oh, that gives me the uh, that gives me the the uh, spelling B R O S I U S. I'm not even kidding. If you have a family in the Midwest, a young family, I, I'm not kidding. Your kids will love it. They have the other great thing for parents too. This place has you know camp counselors that sort of thing. These are college kids at Indiana University that are. Work there over the summer, so if you're if, organized uh, activities, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that's run by college kids. You parents, you can sit around, play cards, drink booze, whatever, procreate some more kids, whatever you want to do. Anyway, I'm going to tell you about a specific year. Again, I have no idea why this jumped into my mind, and also this story is not something I'm very proud of. Why am I telling it? I have no idea. This would have been, if I had to guess, let's say our third year in a row, going to Camp Rocious. Now, I'm still young and an idiot. Now I'm old and an idiot. But I was young and an idiot. Love of sailing, Robo, not love of saline. <laughs> anyway. Year three, we pull into the camp. Now, by this time, we knew... My brothers and I, we knew we freaking love this place. So it's like rolling into nirvana, right? Now, also, we have a few years of experience. Power Karma says, young or old, it's always good to be an idiot. Welcome to the show, Power Karma. Good to see you. So, all right. So we're feeling, what I'm trying to say is we're feeling, I'm feeling like hot shit, right? I'm, I'm already a bit of a... I don't know what it is. I have a little maybe it's I don't know, maybe psychopath, I don't know. I was an alleged uh criminal for entertainment purposes only. We roll in. It's year 3. Now the first thing we do up up top, you know, parents are checking in. You would go to this main building that was like the office where the parents go to check in. Now, this office had a front porch and sitting on the front porch was one of those old time uh, soda machines. It was actually Fanta. Who even, this is the in the glass bottles, right? This, this soda machine was probably from the 60s or some shit. 50s, I don't know. But you could buy a bottle of Fanta. They had grape, they had orange. They had, uh, I don't know what other flavors of, they probably had some knee high in there maybe too. Not that it matters, but I'll tell you, I selected the orange. I've always liked orange soda, right? So I buy a bottle of orange soda. Again, the adrenaline is rushing because we have just arrived at Camp Rocious. We know we're going to have a tremendous week. It's going to be awesome. I'm with my brothers, right? So I have a posse. Well, some kid waltzes in to interact with us. And for some reason that that I honestly don't understand. I'm being serious. I didn't like this kid from the start. I don't know why. He was just kind of... He was a wiry kid. But this kid is probably my age. Right? And I, I think... I don't know if I generally have this. But maybe back then... Maybe I had a little alpha male in me or something. I don't know. But this kid was... This kid was interacting with us kind of like he was hot shit and it rubbed me the wrong way. And what I proceeded to do, I still don't know why I did this, but here's what I did. I had my orange Fanta still almost full. Now it's amazing that I did this for several reasons we'll get into. This kid was talking. I didn't like him. And I shook up the orange Fanta with my thumb on top, and I sprayed Fanta in this kid's face, right? Like the Juggalos. I don't know if you guys know what their drink is. Fago, right? They're always pouring Fago all over themselves. Maybe this was a foreshadowing that I was going to have a history uh, tied to the Juggalos. This was Fanta, and I sprayed orange Fanta in this kid's face. And my brothers were like, what the hell are you doing? But it was a runaway train. I couldn't stop. I sprayed it right in this kid's face. Now, obviously, I was young enough. I don't know anything about repercussions or anything. Well, luckily, I I think at the time, the kid, he didn't know what to make of it. And he backed off. Thank Christ. I probably could have taken him. I had my big brother with me which did not hurt one bit but you know I'm, I'm glad that i didn't have to get in his scuffle but anyway so i did that now what i had after that point was just a very very mild inkling that this was maybe a bad idea right i mean i really doused this kid in the face with Fanta. i can't imagine how freaking sticky he was I hope he didn't run into a bunch of uh, chicken feathers on the way back to his cabin to get cleaned up. He would have had some explaining to do to his mom. But anyway, it was a bad move. I'm embarrassed, whatever. Anyway, life goes on. Now, this is a fairly big camp, so it's not like you run into each other all the time, right? So a day or two goes by. Now, again, I mentioned... uh, the the living quarters were up on this hill, and then down below was lakeside, and in the middle was this hill with various. There were various ways to get down there. There was they actually had this old uh, this old machine, which was like out of. It was almost like a this little cable car thing, but it was it was out of order. Robo says, "Oh my God, you're a bully! This was a total bully move." I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud of this, but this is what I did. I'm just being honest. <sighs> so, anyway, and there are paths if you, this is quite a steep hill down to the lake. And there's like this network of paths through the kind of the woods to get down to the lake. I'm I'm somewhere on that path by myself. What I was doing, I have no idea. Well, I notice here comes the Fanta Kid. Here comes old Sticky Face. <laughs> and... I can see he's got a little posse. Not only that... But they've thought it through. Alright, because... On one... One direction of the path, it's the kid and like another friend. And now the other direction... Here comes two more kids. So they got four... There, I got two coming at me from each direction. Now what's interesting about this situation is, honest to God, I wasn't too worried about it. Mammy Mammy rightly says, oh no. Yeah, that's true. This is an oh no, why, what? So why I wasn't all that worried, I have no idea. And that's right, I was outnumbered, four to one. But uh, just without thinking, I, what I did, was, I, I sort of, uh, imagine imagine if it were the dead of winter it's up in Wisconsin, dead of winter let's imagine, imagine there's snowfall on the on the ground, including on this hill you know, imagine you could have a you could take a sled and get from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill you'd have to, you'd have to determine okay, what would be my path to hopefully Miss trees and all that stuff but As a kid your brain can compute that What I did Is I just decided I'm going to do this in the dead of summer On my butt <laughs> So I jumped off the side of that hill It was a steep hill And And decided to just slide down on my butt I remember I was wearing jeans Thank Christ it was It was a good set of clothing to do this and Plummer is absolutely right. This kid has come back to whip my ass. Now, I, I like the I like the idea that uh, he had to bring three other friends to get that done. I'm a little bit proud of that. And, uh, oh, Mammy actually has a perfect way of putting it. Very descriptive. She says, you skidaddle down the hill like Clark Griswold. This is absolutely true and you know what's funny I can't believe it worked I moved down that hill beautifully very steep hill I didn't tumble I didn't uh, smack my cojones into a tree which easily could have happened several trees on the side of the hill it worked beautifully I was like like a little James Bond (laughs) I was so proud of myself and again the weird ass thing about this is why was I not worried I have no idea this was obviously my my chemistry was just perfect whatever I, I don't know and why did I do this was I was I building up testosterone or something I hormones I don't know I was like 10 years old I slid down this hill and those those kids up top they sized it up and uh, they're like fuck that I'm not doing that Yeah Griswold was on that saucer Tank is right I, uh, I just did it on my butt and it worked perfectly, in the summer. Now my jeans were dirty by the end. But, uh... And I remember being at the bottom of that hill, long hill, it's a long way down. And just looking up and I could see them looking over the edge. Just like, oh, you bastard. And it was, it was enough of a pain in the ass to get all the way down. If you wanted to do it the proper way, take stairs or walk one of these paths. It's like, by the time they could get down there, I would have been long gone just on some other part of the camp. Which I did. Which I did. I skedaddled. And I, I, again, why I wasn't worried, I don't know. But anyway, now I know for sure that uh, this the the sticky face wants to get retribution, right? It's obvious. So, Mammy says... Self-preservation instinct kicked in, Tony, and your butt literally saved your butt. This is very true. Very true. Again, it's interesting. I think in reality, that instinct normally involves a lot of fear. Again, I, I didn't feel afraid. It was more like, uh, this is an adventure, right? Ties into my yesterday's video about I want more adventure. Anyway, that was the second run-in. Now, there's one more there's one more run in and this was on like the the last full day there's a building down on the shore if any of you guys go to that website I'm sure you can see easily see pictures this building is called the round house and it is a round building right up lakeside there at that camp and uh, it's a beautiful little building and they just it was just like a place to lounge sit around read books and stuff like that I remember I was in that building with my dad my dear old dad now this place had a door it had one of those old really probably all the buildings had this it was a screen door kind of rickety screen door you you the kind the kids all summer long would just burst through that and then it would slam shut later you know I'm I was I thank Christ I was my dad and I were kind of standing by the door we're inside this roundhouse building. And here comes old, sticky-faced orange, uh... Orange knee-high... What the hell? Or Fanta. Orange Fanta face coming. And what does he have? He has a gigantic water balloon. And he has this shit-eating grin on his face. And you could tell. It was obvious to me then. This kid has spent... The entire week now obsessing over how is he going to get back to me. (laughs) This time he was by himself, by the way. He finally felt like he had me quartered. Now, it- what's funny is, had he come in that building, which he intended to do, and thrown a gigantic water balloon at me inside in this thing with wood floors and whatever, it would have been really funny to see what the hell happened. (laughs) You know, I'll bet my dad would have been like, what the hell? Well, I saw this kid coming and he was, he was, he was ready. He was ready to celebrate. He was so proud of himself. He's walking up and just in an instant, what I did was I let him get close enough. I flung that screen door open. It opened to the outside. I flung it open. It smacked into his water balloon. It doused him. The kid was completely drenched afterwards and he was so dejected. That's the last thing he tried. He was just like, oh, fuck this guy, you know? And he just, he probably then, so he had like, uh, (laughs) takes his fuck that kid. Hey, you know what? I had it coming to me. Uh, Like I said, I'm not proud of this at all. I'm the problem. I just think it's a fascinating little chapter. Like, and it's like, uh, I mean, in hindsight, Oh my God, this is perfect! Tank says he's probably a fucking Reddit mod. Amen, brother. That is hilarious. At any rate, I just think it's weird. It's weird that I even thought of it. All the, that would have been, well, forty years ago, right? And uh, I don't. I still, to this day, don't know why I ever did that to the kid. I feel bad. If I could, if I could, if I could meet him today, I'd probably say I'm sorry. Or maybe we just throw down, just like, uh, <laughs> take care of unfinished business. Tank thinks he's the baklava guy. There's, that's an inside joke, everybody. Very, very inside joke. Anyway, Camp Brocious, that's my, that's my story. I still don't know what was going on. Was I... Was I going through some sort of hormonal change? Clearly, it was a foreshadowing that I'm a bit of a dick. You know, I feel bad about that. Anyway, I think so. It's 733. I better get to and I got to peel away like five minutes early today. No matter uh, how Robo tries to uh, corral me into. Otherwise, let's get let's get some letters out of the way. Anyone, we love your letters. Send them to Chicago Tony V like vegetation at gmail.com and uh, eventually they'll get on the show. I try to do them as quickly as I can. Thank you for your participation. OK, first letter. Dear Tony, first, the good news. I'm engaged to be married in June and the love of uh, to the love of my life. I knew since the day I met him that my fiancé was the man I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. I feel like the luckiest girl on the planet. Now the bad news. I've had two different family members approach me saying we are a bad match and that I can do better. This absolutely breaks my heart. One said we are simply too young. I'm 19 and he is 21, by the way. I want to know how someone from the outside can be so sure of how a couple will turn out. Is this a normal thing when getting married, where do, uh, where people have their doubts? Should these people be uninvited to the wedding? Should I be second guessing this whole thing? Please say no. Anyway, thank you for taking the time and please say a prayer for my situation. Oh, thoughts and prayers, everybody. Uh, this is from Kelly S. Everybody, thoughts and prayers for Kelly S.'s marriage. Uh, Kelly, I don't know. I, I mean, what I really like about your letter is you, you love this guy. You're you're into it. You feel like you hit the lottery and all that stuff. I would say I, probably it's n- not common for people to family members to approach brides saying, "Uh, oh, you're making a big mistake." <laughs> oh, Tank has a good one. Tank sometimes Tank cuts to the chase and he just he just gets her done. Tank says, "If it works, they are wrong. If it doesn't, they were right, but you're stronger." That's pretty wise. That's pretty wise, Tank. Um I will say this. I'm going to share this with you, Kelly. Based on my own life experience, and, you know, I'm old enough that I've been to a ton of weddings. Um, uh uh-oh, are we locked up? Uh Uh-oh. Seems like I'm locked up. Oh, my goodness. Oh, am I back? Everybody, everything locked up there for a second. Was it locked up for you guys on the Twitch, too? I can't take these technical difficulties. I can't take these technical difficulties. Let's see, Plumber says, uh, oh, Plumber Plumber says it's going straight to divorce, huh? I don't know. Anyway, what I was gonna say, (laughs) I gotta read Tank's comment. Tank says, Kelly, throw the screen door open on your family and pop their balloon. Oh, my God. That's a good one. Oh, so I never seized up for you guys, huh? See, you saw me scramble. (laughs) That's so embarrassing. Anyway, all right. What I was going to say to Kelly is... uh, My own life experience, I've been to a lot of weddings. And yes, one thing that always happens is there are people in the audience saying... They're placing their own bets to themselves. And every once in a while, they'll talk to each other. This will never work. This will never work. But I'm here to tell you that uh, no one knows what they're talking about. You can't predict it. I was at a wedding. I'm not going to name names, but this is years ago. The bride was, uh, let's say, seven months pregnant. Okay? Uh, both the the bride and the groom, they are very young. And this will tell you all you need to know. They met at Taco Bell. Uh, they were they were both employed at Taco Bell. I will tell you at the reception, the bride was doing shots in the men's bathroom. Or as, as a good Chicago night, the Mun's bathroom. Okay? Everyone knew this couple would never make it. Everyone. We all knew. <clears throat> And uh, Kelly, they're the happiest couple I know. That was like 30 years ago. They're the happiest couple I know. So you can't predict it. Don't worry about it. If you want to marry this guy, just do it. Mammy says, Kelly, Kelly, just follow your heart. It's super cheesy, I know, but make your own big decisions. Great advice, Mammy. Tremendous. Tremendous. I need to use the cough button. Hold on. Good, good uh, first letter from Kelly. Kelly, God love you. Good luck. Thoughts and prayers for Kelly. All right, let's find the next letter here. Okay, dear Tony, you've given so much advice over the past year. A lot of it is spot on, in my opinion. What is the best advice you've ever received? Anything that sticks out? This is from Helen from Nina, Wisconsin. Thank you for your letter, Helen that's an interesting question uh what's the best advice i've ever received i can tell you right off the top of my head i'm sure it's from my dad i can think of two things that my dear old dad told me that really stick with me to this day i think about it all the time the first and uh, to recap helen from uh, nina wisconsin maybe and and uh, you other pepperonis Maybe you're unfamiliar with uh, stories of my dad, but this guy, he was just tremendous. He was a very, very rare individual. He was very, very high achieving, but he was completely humble. Never bragged about himself, never made a big deal out of himself. So growing up, and I idolized him, totally idolized him. Growing up, I'm going to do nothing right but just think to myself, Oh, I'm not as good as my dad and all that stuff. Which is true. But he told me, he instilled in me that here's the first piece of advice. Be yourself. Be yourself. He would tell me, don't try to be me. You be you. Tremendous. Help me out tremendously. It just gives me the... That gave me the uh, the carte blanche to just live my own life, you know? Tremendous piece of advice. The the other thing my dad told me... um, which I will never forget. And I think about it all the time. My, my dad died of Alzheimer's and it was very, very traumatic for our family. Certainly it was for me. Again, this is a guy I idolized. And watching him go through that was more than I could take. Well, so as I'm struggling with that, I'm used to going to my dad for advice. So what do I do in that situation? Well, I still went to my dad for advice. He was in the throes of Alzheimer's. And just at a moment of weakness, I said, Dad, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to do this? And it's, and my dad delivered. He gave me the, maybe the best, well, I'm answering Helen's question. The best piece of advice I've ever received. He said to me, sometimes the only way to beat a thing is to accept it. You know? This is a man... He was he was he was in the throes of that horrible disease, and uh, Plumber nailed it. He he predicted the advice was going to come from my dad. Let's see what Tank says. Tank says best advice I got was no one looks out for you better than you. So true, Tank. Very very true. Plumber's advice is uh shit runs downhill. Paid on Fridays and don't chew your fingernails. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I I I'm really falling in love with Mammy even more. This is this this is Mammy I think is really I'm gonna read a comment where she was talking about the previous letter. She says, "I fell in love with my fella when he pulled his pants down, and tried to fart over an open campfire. That was 20 years ago. Still love my gassy dude so much. All I can say is why was I why was I not born in Ireland? Anyway, yeah, plumber is right. My dad had to accept his fate. I just think it's uh." It's so interesting and I'm so grateful that he had the wherewithal to think that through at a time. I think it was that advice came from his character, like the essence of who he was. You know, he had lost much of his mind, but it's like who he was in that kind of his spirit was still so solid. Anyway. Anyway. That's, the, that's my advice, Helen. Thank you for your letter, dear. How are we doing on time? 7.44. Okay, next letter. Dear Tony, I'm a fan of your podcast and I find you very interesting. Even inspiring, really. I want to up my game in terms of being a gentleman with some class. This would be a big upgrade for me as I come from a family of very nice but totally mediocre working class people. I want to be different. I want to elevate. What are your thoughts on becoming a refined gentleman? Since I don't have anyone in my family to copy, I'll look to you for advice and guidance. God bless. This is from Angel D and Hell D. We'll go with Angel. Anyway, thank you for your uh, letter, Angel. It's funny, as I was reading your letter, I hear I sit in a uh, flannel. I look like a lumberjack Um, you know I'm gonna think back to my dad again like my dad was uh, self-made and he was the epitome of a refined gentleman so I guess you're right angel I had I had uh, I had someone I could observe every day I grew up with him or in his house and so I could really see Here's how here's how a gentleman acts. Um, one thing I would say to you is like, don't get hung up on appearances so much. Other than, you know, you gotta be you gotta be neat and tidy if you want to be a gentleman. I don't think there's a whole lot of gentlemen out there uh, uh, wearing tank tops and uh, acid wash jeans and shit, you know. Okay, but what I'm saying is, don't don't go overboard on like trying to be a flashy, important-looking person. I don't think that's what it's about at all. Also, I would say don't chase money necessarily. People think people misunderstand like a flashy, wealthy person. That that's not being that's not being a refined gentleman necessarily. Now, some refined gentleman-type people are. very well to do but my point is you don't have to you can be a poor person and still be a, a a refined gentleman with style okay so it's not it's not flashy clothes it's not possessions it's not uh, money i would just a couple things to work on i would say uh uh being well read and and learning history learning history now here's the thing this is a telltale sign. It's really about... Um, when you come across a person that's, that we would call a refined gentleman, okay? It's... Um, it's uh, How would I put it? You're really interacting with their mind. Do they have the mind of a refined gentleman? And one of the things that that entails is... You have enough brains to take an interest in what the hell happened in the past. And not only that... You have enough brains to discern the uh, bullshit from the truth. So I think uh, I think some of the best, refined gentlemen that I come across are are people that uh, that have this gift. They they have this understanding of history. They're well read. They're well spoken. And uh, I'm gonna actually give you a tip. If you, I'm gonna. Give you something where you can literally watch exactly what I'm talking about. There's a DVD out there. Um, You can find it on the internet easily. Actually, it's free. You can get on YouTube and just watch this for free. Or you can buy the DVD. I own it. It's called The Ultimate History Lesson with John Taylor Gatto. This is an interview of an extended interview done with this author, John Taylor Gatto. It is totally fascinating and this is a guy that's exactly what i'm talking about he grew up in a blue collar thing in uh the pittsburgh area monongahela valley i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right blue collar background and this dude made something of himself all on his own and watch that interview again it's called the ultimate history lesson with John Taylor got a Richard, Richard Grove is the interviewer he's another fella who is one of these refined gentlemen watch these two people on this interview again you can find it free on YouTube it's like a it's like a three or four hour interview I've probably watched it ten times at least it is fascinating but this is a person listen to what he says listen to the books he cites look at how he dresses I don't think he was a wealthy person but he's very, very well put together. And this is you. This is watch it over and over. This is you're watching two refined gentlemen. That's my that's my advice. Uh, let's see. Oh, plumber has an interesting question. He wants to know who is the most like your dad, Tony, out of you and your two brothers. Hmm. Man, that's a tough call. That's a really tough call. We all certainly have threads of him, thank Christ, you know. Um I think I you know, I'm going to say my older brother is probably the closest. He is he is uh the um He's 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 the closest. He's the real deal. But both my brothers are tr- terrific, tremendous, tremendous people. Um, you know, i both of them are just trustworthy as the day is long, great integrity. I guess that puts me at number three, right? It's my alleged, uh, alleged for entertainment purposes background. Here's an interesting comment from Mammy. A gent would never make the distinction of class or social standing. I think that's true. Like, uh, yes, a, a, a true gentleman can interact with anyone from any strata, you know? Very good. Very good letter. Let's see. 751. Okay. All right. Let's try and get one more letter in. Oh no, it's a long one. Let's do it anyway. Dear Tony, my wife has been obese ever since I met her, which honestly never bothered me. I love her for who she is on the inside. She is my soulmate. Well, she finally determined to do something about it and to her credit, she lost 120 pounds and has now kept it off for the past six months. She looks absolutely amazingly beautiful and she has much more energy. I'm starting to feel like this has changed her though. She's just not the person I used to know She doesn't seem as interested in me. She often goes out with her friends, goes on hikes, and generally likes to be outside and be active. She has started getting on me to get myself in shape and healthy, which makes me feel like she doesn't love me for who I am. She has also stopped buying the foods I like, which makes me feel less than. I'm all for her own projects, but now she is trying to change me and that hurts me. I would appreciate getting your thoughts on any ideas on how I can move forward and feel whole again. <laughs> this is from Trevor from Grand Rapids, Michigan Michigan. Trevor. 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 Um it, it, you say she's not she's less interested in you, but she's telling you to take care of yourself, right? You know? <laughs> Tank Okay, Trevor. Tank says, "Quit being a bitch and go for a walk with your wife." <laughs> Here's the thing, Trevor. Here's the thing. It is hard as a motherfucker to 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 maintain weight loss, right? Why? Because we're surrounded, everywhere we go, by this Franken food horse shit, right? They—they're making cereal based on cinnamon toast. You're aware of this, right, Trevor? Uh, Plumber? Not necessarily. Plumber says, "Damn, sounds like she might be thinking about trading up." I don't think so. I, now, if he—if he keeps, I yeah, see. I I had a friend years ago that did the gastric bypass. She was very very heavy. She did the gastric bypass and they, and they do they, they have counselors talk to I guess the family or whatever, interview the family. And this this therapist or whatever told her, "Look, your husband's going to be a problem once you lose the weight. It's going to it's going to freak him out. He's going to feel insecure and everything." sure enough that's exactly what happened and uh and they're they're divorced now she lost a bunch of weight she looked a lot better he got all insecure and it's over baby tank says get healthy and bang your hot wife yeah so anyway trevor it's hard as hell to maintain weight loss so you're Of course, your wife doesn't want to buy whatever horse shit you're putting in your mouth. I hate to tell you, but I think it's time to join her. It's going to suck. It wasn't your plan, but you're going to feel better anyway. So, yeah, stop worrying about it and just do something. Just go along with her. Support her. Let her drive the bus. She obviously figured out how how to slay the beast, right? So, follow her advice. And, uh, You know, best of luck to you. That's all I can say. Listen, people. Seven fifty-five. I got to bail. It has been tremendous to be with you today and this week. Although I missed, I missed that one day. I think it was Wednesday because I had the screaming schritz. Um. I will see you guys around. I'm sure. I love you guys and I like you guys. And uh, until we meet again, I just want to remind you. Don't take any shit from anybody. You're good. I will see you next week. Take care.